0: Welcome to the Momship Mastery podcast, the ultimate destination for moms seeking balance, connection, and growth in their journey through motherhood. I'm your host, master's level therapist and life coach, Andrea Baker. Here at the Momship Mastery, we believe that motherhood is a purposeful journey filled with discoveries, challenges, and countless opportunities for growth, Our mission is to provide you incredible moms with the wisdom, inspiration, and tools to flourish as you nurture your relationship with yourself and those around you. Each week, we will dive into transformative conversations, therapeutic insights, and practical tips to empower you to thrive as a mom while still maintaining your unique identity. From self-care strategies to relationship building, from spiritual growth to parenting insights, I've got you covered. So if you're ready to embark on this journey with us, hit that subscribe button and let's explore the world of motherhood, relationships, and growth together. Remember, you're not alone on this journey, and we're here to support you every step of the way. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode. Um, This week, we're going to be talking about how to navigate those difficult conversations with our children, especially during times of unrest. As some of you may know, we are um, American expats living in the Middle East. Specifically, we live in Kuwait. So, geographically, we are pretty close to um, Gaza, the war and the uproar that is happening around us. Um, and this really caused some disturbance in our children, in our home, and in ourselves. Um, that we really weren't thinking of how we were going to navigate it. Um, Just throughout my conversations with other parents and even throughout my conversations with clients, um, a lot of the questions are, how do we talk to our children about this? It's not like we can hide it. It's not like we can protect them from the realities of it. Um, they're going to school and their schoolmates are discussing these things. And how do we discuss this? with our children in a way that's safe in a way that doesn't further traumatize them or in a way that will help them to understand um, what's going on. So that's the context of it, how to navigate this during the time of unrest, but it will also help with other difficult conversations that children just often don't have the developmental capacity to understand. And um, how do we approach this? How do we approach conversations with our children without overwhelming them with information and without ignoring their uh, quest for understanding. So I want to highlight the importance of really addressing their concerns openly and honestly. I think for us, we try to uh, not ignore what was going on, but we try to not talk to our children about it or not talk around our children about the war that was happening. But when it came to their attention at school and when they began to ask questions, we had to create a space that we addressed this openly and honestly. We had to address, yes, this is happening. Yes, people are being hurt. Yes, um, this is a very scary time. And we did that because what was important was that they felt we were addressing it honestly and openly. And I want to spend some time just kind of guiding uh, parents, mothers through some therapeutic approaches I use with my clients, some things I use with my own children, and how we get through these conversations. So the first thing that we need to do is to try to understand our children's perspective. How are they perceiving and interpreting these world events? And a lot of that will depend on their age. A lot of that will depend on their developmental stage because children understand things and perceive things in different ways based on that developmental stage. So I'm going to quickly go into just some of the different stages that we can uh, identify. So one of the first stages is uh, the preschool stage. I'm going to say this is from age two to five. So the children that are between the ages of two to five, they're probably going to respond with more fear and anxiety. Preschoolers aren't really sure how to understand. They don't really have a full understanding of global events. But they pick up on our emotions, they pick up on the atmospheres around them. And if they sense a heightened anxiety and fear from their caregivers, then they're going to respond in a similar way. Uh, so while they don't have the language, while they don't necessarily have the information of what's happening, you're going to see them respond with heightened emotion, heightened uh, sensitivity to your emotions. And uh, in that stage, you may also see some regression. Children may begin to regress in behavior such as bedwetting or clinginess, and they're going to be needing some of that reassurance, Uh, they may have some instances where they're just asking kind of the same questions over and over. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to establish a sense of safety. They're trying to, to meet that attachment need. They're trying to find their secure base because they feel the heightened sense of anxiety. Then we get into early childhood stage where they're about from 6 to 11. Um, In this stage, you're going to see more confusion and worry. They become more aware of what's happening in the world, um, not even from an internal stance, but externally. They're very involved in the conversations with their peers and with their friends. And a lot of them are having these conversations and trying to understand it amongst themselves. So... What's happening is there's a sense of confusion because none of them really fully understand what is being discussed, but they feel, again, that sense of worry and anxiety. So they may begin to feel worried, and then you'll probably see some fear of separation. A lot of children this age begin to make it about them because it's still their world, right? So even though this is happening Uh, maybe a world away or maybe like some space away, it's very internal. It's like, how does this affect my family? How does this affect my parents? And you'll hear language like, is this going to affect us? Are we going to get hurt? And things like this, they make it very um, relatable to them and their sense of living and their sense of what's happening. So between this age, it's very... Um, internalized. They're not really seeing this as something that's happening somewhere else. It's like, okay, this could be happening to us and this is affecting us. Then we have the stage of adolescence. This is um, between the ages of 12 and 18. In this age, they have a very um, heightened awareness. So they're a lot More likely to be aware of world events through social media and through the news and through conversations that they've been around. So they're going to experience, like early childhood, they're looking at how does this affect them? How does this affect the life that they're wanting to live? And then you'll see how it affects the formation of their identity. So, how does this influence their sense of identity, their place in the world? Do they identify with the cultures, with the um, sense of belonging of these places, of the people that are being affected? How do they identify? And then they're going to start questioning uh, values and seeking meaning. They're wanting to understand what does this mean? How does this relate to our values? And those are some of the kinds of questions that may come out of that. And then the last stage is going to be like, you're young adult. So uh, this is 18 and older. So they're going to have a heightened anxiety about the future as well. They may experience some anxiety about their future because they're going into adulthood. They're getting ready to go out into this world. They may feel some feelings of responsibility to address the issues, right? They're going to feel a heightened sense of responsibility. They may express this desire for action where there's a strong desire to protest, to help to um, do these things to create and contribute to a positive change. So those are just developmentally how we can understand our children's perspective on what's going on. So with this understanding, I want to emphasize the importance of having age-appropriate discussions and responses to our children's inquiries, right? We don't want to maximize the feelings of unsafety in our preschooler by exposing them to content that is uh, filled with war and atrocities and things like that. We can meet them at their level by acknowledging, yes, this is happening. Yes, this is scary, but just reassuring their safety because they're not going to intellectually understand the words and the meanings of what's happening. So all we can do with this age, the preschool age, is just reassure their safety. Try to make them feel more secure and more safe with you, their safe base. Then when we start dealing with our school age and adolescents and young adults, then we need to think about where they are, right? Will they understand this? We know that they're being exposed to this content, but how much of this is going to be beneficial for us to explore with them that will not um, continue in the traumatization, right? Our goal is to talk with them about it, but also to soothe the anxiety, help them to navigate the thought process, but remain a stable environment and remain a safe place, right? And to be safe, that means we're not Uh, over sharing our own anxieties. We're not over sharing traumatizing content. We are putting a certain limit on it that's healthy and that's um, appropriate for them. We can't do this if we are dysregulated. We cannot navigate these spaces our children are in if we ourselves are dysregulated and highly anxious and highly uh, reactive to these conversations. We need to try our best to manage our emotions before talking to our children. So that really just means if we know that this conversation is coming up, then we may want to look into some meditation Some. Uh, grounding exercises, prayer, whatever we need to do to get our minds stable, to get our reaction and our tone and everything. as stable as we can to help comfort our children. I'm not saying detach yourself from it. I'm saying we need to present ourselves as safety. And we cannot do that if we are highly dysregulated. Uh, So maybe practicing as much self-care as you can, maybe limiting your own social media intake, learning your limits. When do you feel the most triggered? When do you feel the most distressed? Uh, Sometimes I know it's addicting and we want to be in the know of what's happening, but sometimes it's too much. Sometimes we need a break. Sometimes we need to go outside. Step outside, have some fresh air. Sometimes we need to go pray. Sometimes we need to talk to a friend, engage in hobbies. Like these are things that I tell my clients. Uh, Sometimes we have to step away from it. And it doesn't mean that you don't care about what's happening. It doesn't mean that you're ignoring it. It means that you are dealing with it as best as you can, right? And a lot of people feel guilty, like, okay, well, other people that are in the midst of it, they can't step away. And that's true. And we empathize with them, but we don't have to put ourselves in the same situation because then we cannot do any good in the situation. We cannot do the good that we really want to do, right? If we are overwhelmed, if we are distressed, we can't help. We can't. Help effectively. We can only give out more distress. We can only give out more anxiety. But if we take the time to center ourselves, if we take the time to calm ourselves, then we can give out calm and we can give out understanding. We can give out wisdom. We can give out peace. We can give those things out, but only if we achieve those things in ourselves first. So that goes with our children as well. Yes. Yeah, so just trying to discuss these things, preparing yourself in a way that is in a composed demeanor. Uh, the third thing is really just creating the safe space. Uh, I like to create a repetition um, of we have these types of conversations in this place. It gives our children a sense of association where they know, okay, if I have a problem or if I want to have like these conversations, we know that we have a family talk at dinner time or we know that I can talk with Mom during the time she's doing my hair. I can talk with Dad during the time we're uh fixing this or playing this like so no it's creating a, a consistent, safe place where they know I can have this type of conversation and have my parents' full attention and have my mother's full attention and have the full attention that I need to really understand or to really feel close to them while having this hard conversation. So, just having that space, having like a significant space. Um, and for the younger people, when I worked in preschool, we had a safe center where it was a very cozy corner where it's just like the pillows and the um, like a little tent or whatever with books and things like that, just somewhere that they know this is my space and I am safe here. If this isn't something that you've done, Previously, then start small, right? Start with one space. Maybe it's dinner time. Maybe it's after dinner, uh, after supper. There are a lot of different places and ways that you can uh, create for them. And you want to just emphasize the importance of acting as an active listener, using your empathy, and really just being in that space with them. And then we're going to go back to just having like age-appropriate communication. Tailoring our discussions on that child age and developmental stage, making sure we're not telling them too much, making sure we're not showing them too much, making sure we're protecting their innocence, making sure that the things we're talking about won't cause nightmares, won't cause more fear of separation, right? We want to try to soothe the wounds. We want to try to soothe the fears. That's the purpose of us having these conversations with them. Some examples of the language we can use. um I like to use safe language, like you're safe, you know, we are going to do our best to protect you. We're going to hone in on our values, our values, are prayer, you know, we're going to pray. We're going to do what we can to help. When opportunities to help present itself, then this is how we help. This is what we say. This is how we pray. You know, just really leaning into your values, reiterating this is what's important to us. It's important for us to pray for people. It's important for us to uh, be kind in the midst of struggles like this, right? And then we want to address the questions that they have and try to offer truthful and reassuring responses. So if they have questions, we don't want to dismiss them. We want to openly listen. We want to spend that time making eye contact with them, letting them know we hear them. We can do this by restating their questions to make sure we understand. We can do this by uh telling them we don't know i mean that's a real place telling them we have no idea we don't know what's going to happen we all we can do is stay in prayer all we can do is try to be the best that we can be right sometimes i don't know is an answer and i think our children uh benefit when we are truthful with them in that matter like we have no idea we don't know what's going to happen we just know what we can do and i think like that creates in them a sense of okay I'm on the same page and I, I can identify and, and I don't have to know everything because mom doesn't know everything, right? She's admitting that she doesn't know, but we're going to work together, right? Mm-hmm. Kids, they just want to know that you're with them. You're on their side. um, Yeah. And then... We want to really address the fear and anxiety. We don't want to ignore it. We want to maybe talk about some of the common fears and anxiety that they're experiencing. We talked about the different developmental stages and how they may react. You may see different behaviors. Some children may begin to internalize it and they may begin to... Um, distance themselves. You want to take note of that. You want to start taking note of is this causing a major depressive uh, episode in our kids? Are they withdrawing? Are they like sad? Are they not playing with their friends or their siblings as much? We want to try to hone in on these very early. That way we can try to intervene in a way like, hey, I noticed this and hey, maybe we should go do this. Sometimes we need to just hone into our kids and them like remembering their hobbies, them having fun, do something that they can kind of release some of that anxiety and fear. Uh, And then some therapeutic exercises to support their emotional well-being. Sometimes you want to do reflections, sometimes the deep breathing exercises. There are a lot of meditations on YouTube. There are a lot of different techniques that you can use and I'll probably link some of those in the note, If not, then it'll probably be on Instagram. And then really just encouraging their questions and their expressions. We want to make them feel safe. We want to make them feel open and honest enough to express their feelings and ask the questions that maybe they can't ask at school, right? It's not appropriate for certain conversations to happen in a wider sense of people. They need to ask them in a place where they're safe. So they get home and they want to ask these questions that we want to encourage them to ask questions and have expressions and express feelings. Maybe they need to cry. Maybe they want to to draw it out. Maybe they don't want to talk about it. Maybe they just want to write, you know, let's find out how our children want to express this and encourage that sense of expression if it's healthy. We talked about how to respond to difficult questions, um, questions that may trigger our own anxieties and fears or questions that may make us feel unsettled, right? If this is happening, it's okay to say, well, I don't know, or I need a minute to think about that. Let me get back to you. It's okay to say these things. um, What? is important it's just having that space and that open environment to remember we're all going through this together we want to um, reiterate the values that you have what are you holding on to as um as this is happening how are you encouraging yourself share these things with your children so that they can see like, this is what is important to my family. This is what is important to my parents. Uh, So this is what we do together, right? And just honing into those things uh that are important to help you navigate that space. So we want to make sure that we are creating this space. We want to make sure that we are creating the space for them, for ourselves, for each other. Um, this is a challenging time. And whether or not this is something that Specifically, you are experiencing, uh, there always are going to be challenging conversations that our children want to have. But we know that these conversations, although they're difficult and although they're challenging, they contribute to that child's emotional resilience. These are tools and skills that they can use throughout their lives, right? These are going to be the foundation of how they deal with difficult things, how they deal with difficult conversations. And they're going to learn uh, from us and from this time how to handle them and how to care for themselves while trying to uh, help the world, trying to help their community, their environment. Um, so this is just really something I wanted to go into and I felt was needed with this current times. I just want to encourage the ongoing communication and openness within your family. There are going to be more things that happen in life. There are going to be more situations. But if you create this routine of closeness, if you create this routine of openness, then this will be the trajectory of your family. While you have to maybe practice it now, it will come normal. It will be easy, right? It will become the foundation and the solid space for your family to flourish and thrive and be able to have conversations like this. So I want to invite you guys to share your experiences. And if you have additional tips, then please share them with me. You can do that by emailing me or sending me a message on Instagram. I really want this to be an open space, an open conversation where we are supporting each other, right? You can do that also through the MomShip Mastery free group on in Facebook. So I'll probably have some resources that I'll be sending out via Instagram um, or the website. And I'll just try to make sure we also have more conversations regarding parenting during challenging times. I want to thank you guys for tuning in as we navigate this difficult space. And I hope that you are caring for yourself with um, just the grace and intention that we thrive on here uh that's all for today guys thank you so much that's all for today and i hope that you're feeling inspired to navigate your ships with grace and authenticity but remember you don't have to do this alone our growing community is here and ready to support you you can find the link to that one in the show notes If you enjoyed this episode, I want you to subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a mom who may just need a little support and encouragement. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Momship Mastery, and those links are also in the show notes. Before we go, here's my little reminder. You are an incredible mom, and you have the power to nurture your inner well-being and create meaningful connections and relationships. Embrace the journey, cherish the moments, and continue to thrive in your momship journey. Until next time.